Hey guys, I'm back. This is my review of Power Book 2. This is Season 3, Episode 5. So we're at the mid-season point of the show. And typically, when we're in the mid-season, a lot of things, you know, it's like the crescendo of the season. You get a lot of stuff comes to a head, and then everything after this is like, okay, where are we going to end at? It's going to be um, we've, we've, we've established storylines. We see situations are now panning out. Some information is starting to be revealed and it's a matter of how people are going to play the game of chess. You know, this is all about power and it's, it's all about finding your way to the top and keeping that power. Now, Monet, I'm gonna start with this issue, the, the situation up front, you know, she killed Whitman set him up he broke into the house that was really stupid she killed him jenny's asking questions of course and davis is there like look everything is in the report that happened so why are you still asking all these questions and one question was well first of all like why was he there and you know what's tea was happening and um you know, Monet was like, look, I don't know. He came to my house unannounced. He broke into my house. He's been harassing the family. Remember, all that's on file and on record about the harassment. And she was afraid what was going to happen to her daughter. And Jenny was like, well, that's interesting. How did you have time to just get a gun to shoot him? And she was like, well, I heard him, you know, uh, from upstairs. And I came down and I, you know, I had time to get my gun and I shot him. So... Jenny isn't buying the story, but it's a very plausible story. And the fact that this man, there has been a complaint against him. Um, he has been seen and recorded at the house. I mean, it may, it's a very good, well put together story. Do I think that Monet should have killed Whitman? No, I, I don't think that was a good idea because now it's putting even more of a bigger target on her back. Because um, remember, with her luring Whitman to the house, Davis was able to get some files to figure out what's going on as far as trying to figure out what did Whitman have? Like what did, what was Whitman holding on to? Or what information did he have on this case? So uh, that's not a good look. So anyway, so that's that. Um, Monet is still asking questions as it pertains to the death of um of Zeke she's still kind of not a hundred percent with it she's not a hundred percent sure and because remember she got one of the reports that says that Lorenzo's partial prince was at the scene of the crime so she's not a hundred percent convinced that he didn't do it but she's not she doesn't have all the evidence and all the pieces to put together so Let's see. Um, Tariq ends up being the one to let Monet know that the guy that she ended up killing was not the guy that killed Lorenzo. Now, Tariq, uh, Tariq was in class, and Tariq finds out while he's in class. I get who to get a text message from. Was it from Davis? I think it was from Davis. At any rate, I forget who he got the message from. But he finds out that the individual that was in question, that was found dead, was actually in the Dominican Republic 
at the time Zeke was killed. He relays this message over to Tate because Tate came to visit class. Class today was on um, uh, not having a second chance or not allowing second chances. And there was a lot of back and forth about what a second chance means and, you know, the benefits, the pros and the cons and all that good stuff. And everybody in that room needed a second chance. Um, you know, we see Tate and the professor, you know, they're looking at rekindling their relationship, trying a second chance at that. Um, Tariq has already discussed he needs a second chance because of his reputation at the school's been marred. Um, you know, it's a lot of reasoning for needing second chances. Okay. So it was a really good topic to discuss. And when Tate got the information, Tate hurried up and sent it to Jenny, let Jenny know what Tariq done found out. Tariq runs over and talks to Monet. And Monet was like, so wait a minute, where, who's your source? And he's like, well, I can't tell you that, but just know that the guy that is, you know, that's deceased now, isn't the person that actually shot and killed C. So remember, Monet is still trying to wrap her head around Zeke's murder. And she wasn't even convinced when, I don't think she was convinced, even when she shot the guy, that she was 100% convinced that he was the one that killed Zeke. So she goes, Monet goes and talks to King. King was at a poker game and they sit in the car and she was like asking King about the guy, you know, you know, where does she get the, where did he get the information from that this guy was the one that killed Zeke? And he was like, looking at her like, uh, okay, well, it came from Lorenzo. And she was like, and you believed him? He was like, well, it's Pops. Why would I not believe him? And she was like, well, did he give you any proof? And she's really now starting to add things up and it's just not favorable. It's, it, she knows now that the guy that she killed is not the guy that killed Zeke. So that situation is still hanging open. And, and now that she's finding out that Lorenzo is claiming that was the guy and Lorenzo said whoever jumped on Drew is the same person that killed Zeke. Yeah, that's not really, it's not, it's not flying. Now things are starting to not make sense. And she's really starting to doubt that Lorenzo is telling the truth. So Monet goes and talks to, I think her name is Jackie. I'm not sure if it's Jackie or you, whatever the girl's name, um, Uncle Frank's wife right the widow apparently she owns a restaurant and monet goes there and honestly i don't know what the expectation well no i know what the expectation was monet goes there and tells her that i think it's time that you know the truth about who killed frank it was lorenzo he arranged the hit and she was like why are you telling me this now and she was like, well, you know, I just, I felt like it's time for you to, you know, get the truth and blah, blah, blah. And Jackie, I'm gonna call her Jackie. I don't know if that was her name, but she was like, so you're letting me know this essentially because you want us to retaliate and kill Lorenzo? Like, and she didn't, she didn't take it further than that, but that's why Monet was there to let her know that so they could take, put a hit out on Lorenzo. Her, her sons can go and get Lorenzo. I would have been looking at Monet real sideways, like, girl, why would you want Lorenzo to be killed? What did Lorenzo do to you? I, I really would have been, and I don't know if Jackie's going to, add, you know, start adding things up and wondering like, okay, girl, uh, I know Zeke died and now you want Lorenzo dead. Is there a connection there? I'm wondering if she's going, because I think we're going to see her again. So, <clears throat> Monet leaves and 
she just put that seed out there, okay? Monet is still in her feelings. She's really, really in her feelings, but she's, again, she doesn't have, she's not 100% convinced, but she's about 95% convinced that Lorenzo's probably behind the murder of Zeke. But why would he want to kill Zeke? That's probably what she was trying to grapple with. Like, what would be the purpose of that? So I'm going to get off of, of, of uh, Monet for a second, and let's go on into Tariq, Brayden, and Effie, all right? So over at the good old Whitman, you know, holdings company, RSJ is there uh, meeting with Uncle Lucas, and the two interns are in the room. You got Brayden, you got um, uh, Brayden and uh, Tariq, and they're talking about this acquisition. You know, they're doing business, and they got this, company that they want to they got some kind of product that they new product they putting out to an italian company blah 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 and they really want to i guess you know uh invest in it and they're hoping that rsj is willing to work with them on it and rsj was like you know what um i think we need to go over there and talk to them personally because i need to see firsthand what i'm getting myself into and it's just better to have face-to-face -face meetings and all that good stuff, he said. And uh, so Lucas was thinking, like, he was going to go and he's going to probably bring Kiki and Brayden. And RSJ was like, so Tariq can't go? And he's like, oh, well, he's not. He's still junior. He really, he's not of that. He's not ready for that. And RSJ looked at him and was like, okay, you can tell RSJ does not see it for Lucas whatsoever. He don't see it for Lucas because Lucas ain't, is full of crap. So he tells Lucas, he said, so Tariq can't go to this business trip um, in Italy, but he was good enough to sit in on a meeting to get me to sign on with your with, with Whitman Holdings, right? I'm not understanding what's going on here. You know, Lucas can try to backpedal. He couldn't really answer that. So RSJ was like, look, I want Tariq to be there because, frankly, he's the only one in this whole room that knows how to speak Italian. And I like his style. I like the way he moves, and I want him being there on the meeting and doing what he needs to do. Like, I here's what I'm thinking about RSJ. I think RSJ is going to end up getting Tariq to work for him. I don't think Tariq is going to continue at Whitman Holdings too much longer because, first of all, Lucas is not really featuring RSJ. And I think RSJ is going to end up pulling his account away from Whitman Holdings. I don't see them lasting that relationship lasting a whole lot much longer i just really don't because he don't see it and he sees how he's using Tariq. and he even told Tariq um later on when it was on their way to italy he was like lucas don't really like you too well but he said well you know because of my past and my parents and this and that and the third he was like you know hey if people judge me about how i was when i was 19 because you know rsj admitted that he had been in the wrong crowd he said so you know, people change, you know, and they deserve basically a second chance. So Tariq also mentioned, you know, oh, I was having, you know, I'm going to do a getaway with my girlfriend that weekend. And, you know, Arshay's like, that's cool. Bring her along. And then Tariq also mentions like, well, you know, she's a, a engineering with a major with a focus on robotics. And I think because we're looking at this new product, which is a some kind of telecommunications product, you know, she knows a lot about that. She would be really useful. And she turned out to be really useful because when they did their research, they're in Italy, they do their research, they find out there's a patent issue. Okay, they meet with the two representatives from 
the company and they're having a hard time getting this patent to go through. And so they, but they didn't mention that up front. They were just like acting like, oh, well, we need cash up front and this and that. You know, they thought they had the ball in their court until RSJ was like, well, hold up. You know, we know that you're having an issue with your patent. We did our research. And if you agree to our terms where we would have 20 percent ownership and, you know, they laid it all out, then we can make this. I can make this whole patent issue go away before Monday morning. I said, oh. I said, well, well, well. And they were looking stunned because they thought they were in the driver's seat. And, you know, Brady, Tariq, and then, you know, uh, Effie even helped out get that research and get what they need to get, you know, done with this whole patent thing. So they were looking kind of stupid. I don't know what decision they're going to make because I didn't get a chance. We didn't see what the final decision was. But, yeah, that was pretty interesting. So um, I'm guessing they're going to go with RSJ, though, because they really don't have much of an option, I don't think. Um, something that was interesting. So Brayton was, um, you know, when they were at the, uh, the airport, you know, at the, at the line or whatever, they, you know, going to get an RSJ private jet, um, at the hangar, I'm saying not the liner, the hangar, Brayton put in his ear, his earplugs and he drops his phone and Kiki picks up the phone and all of a sudden, you know, Brayton and Tariq got this whole thing going with this, um, not Bitcoin, but it's like cash coin business, you know, with their little drug thing going. So she's seeing all these transactions from going into cash coin that's going into his account. And she, I know she's like wondering, like, what the hell is really going on? So I'm, she wanted, I'm, in fact, she, when they were in Italy, she wanted to meet up with Brayden to talk about it. But, you know, Brayden was in a little, little trouble there. So let's talk about that. So they're in Italy. And after they had that meeting with uh, the Italian company, we see, um, who is it? That, um, Tariq and Effie, they go have lunch and, you know, they're making plans to spend the evening together and to just not stress out about the worries of home and life and this and that and the third. And it was sounding really, really nice, really romantic. And then Norma and her guy, Obi, shows up and... They were like, you know, so they keep keeping very close tabs on them. It's obvious they are keeping tabs and they come in and they're like, you know what? Since you are here and everything, we need you to go and retrieve this device. It's some kind of listening device from this other Italian guy that's actually Norma's ex. I don't know if they were married, but they had a child together. So she said, you know, my people, you know, can't get to the, you know, he throws these parties every week and none of my people are able to get in within a mile of his house. But because you're here with RSJ, you can get him on the invite list. And, you know, the world knows him as this big oil guy, but in actuality, he's an arms dealsman and we're actually in competition with one another. So I'm going to need you to get this device so that, you know, we can, you know, make make some magic happen, whatever it is. So they got to steal this device that's in the house. I'm like, how are these two people going to be able to go and steal in this man's home? It just didn't make any sense. This man has a big mansion and you got untrained individuals. It's not like they CIA or FBI or something like, or armed forces. You're going to have them try to get into this man's house and steal this device and you don't even know where in the house this device would be held out. I'm like this is crazy this is a crazy idea they go to the house they go to the party rsj is very excited he's like, he, he again he's giving Tariq his kudos he's like you know what this is a great idea to come out to this party to meet someone who's as 
you know, powerful and this and that. So he's really impressed with Tariq and all that. Um, meanwhile, Effie and Brayden, you know, they go up to one of the private offices. Now, I'm surprised they were even able to get upstairs. Because given how powerful this man is, how were they able to get upstairs without being noticed? And how were they able to walk into this man's private office and the door wasn't locked or it just didn't make any sense. But nonetheless, Brayden goes in, fumbles around, gets caught. He gets thrown in some back room somewhere uh, and they're going to torture him. Effie, in the meantime, goes in the room, picks out, you know, gets a device, and then one of the guys walk in that's uh, one of the attendants or whoever he is working for the the guy that owns the house. And she was like, oh, I, I, I've been hearing about these, you know, private paintings and this and that, and I really want, you know, she gets a little feminine charm. And he said, well, the private collection is across the hall. Let's go over here, blah, blah, blah. And that's where she goes, and she takes pictures of some of his private collections. So now they have to make an arrangement to figure out how to get Brayden because Brayden is getting the dog mess beaten out of him. They are the guy who owns the house. He was like, he said, I'm not stupid. He went to go see Brayden and the guys was beating up Brayden. And he was like, you're in my house. You snooping around in my office. I know who you are because anybody that gets a welcome to come to my house, I do a background check on them. So yes, I know you are you come from a wealthy family and all of that. So it's not about the money. Who do you work for? Why are you here? Braden wouldn't say anything. So um Tariq and Effie are back at the hotel and they got to figure out a way to get Braden up out of there, right? And that's when Kiki has showed up. And you know, she wants to talk to Braden. And, you know, they they said that, you know, Brayden was still over at the guy's party, whatever, and all that. And she kind of like didn't, you can tell she kind of like didn't believe it. But then <laughs> Effie was like, well, can you come back during like normal working hours? Because it's a little late, whatever. So the idea that Tariq came up with was like, we have to negotiate, give them what they want in order to get our friend back, which is what he does. Um, they go to some meeting spot somewhere out in the who knows where. He tells the guy they got the whatever device is, they get brain, and then of course they had negotiated with Norma and she comes out and her crew and they kill everybody. So now that whole crew is gone, her ex-husband or ex-boyfriend, the father of her child, whatever the case may be, they're gone, they're dead. So Norma's really impressed now. She's like, Oh, you guys is really smart. So you offer the probationary period, we can now have a long extended relationship because I find you guys pretty useful. And I'm like, oh Lord, it's, 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 you know, them getting out of the clutches of Norma is going to take some real finessing. And here's what I'm guessing. One thing that Norma wants to know is who killed Mecca. And the one person in that group that knows that is Tariq. And I am thinking he gonna play that card probably even episode nine or ten because otherwise they're going to be indebted to this woman um until it gets revealed who kills meth and that's what she really wants to know effie thinks that if she if they go about and they find this this woman's daughter 
they can use that some kind of way against her to get out of this situation area. I don't know how that's going to work. I'm still confused on that. So don't, I, I don't know. We'll see what, we'll see. So meanwhile, back in the United States, we have um, Gordo and Drew are having, you know, they're, they're having relations and all of that. And Gordo finds out that uh, he gets a text and he finds out that the um, about the guy that they did the arms deal with is actually a CI. He's in the hospital, blah, blah, blah. You know, Drew was like, you know, thought it was a setup. And, you know, Gordo was like, I wouldn't set you up like that. That doesn't make any sense, blah, blah, whatever. So they decided they got to go and get the CI. They were going to go kill the CI. Remember, he got shot. CI's at the hospital. They want to go to the hospital to kill the CI. Well, they didn't have to do that because by the time they got to the hospital, he had coded and, you know, he ended up dying. So they're listening to Blanca talk to, I think, the doctor, whoever, and or one of the other uh, detectives. And she, they were like, oh, well, all of his um, personal artifacts and everything is downstairs in the whatever area that they keep those things. So Blanca's like, oh, so she decides she needs to go out and get all the evidence that whatever he had on him to get retrieve that. Well, she didn't get there quick enough because Drew and Gordo got down, down there and paid off the lady, got the cell phone and all that. Whatever the evidence was that was going to implicate them, they got it just in time. They was like seconds away from getting caught. So when Blanca went to the lady trying to retrieve the evidence, she was like, oh, all his personal artifacts was picked up by his family. Blanca was like, what? That can't be. But, you know, Blanca knew it was a lie. She figured that, you know, she got gooped. And, you know, it is what it is. So um, at this point, we got Sax following Jenny. He follows Jenny because Jenny's been avoiding him. He calls her again. She ignores the call. So he follows her all the way to the safe house. Well, actually her house. Um, he goes up there. He confronts Jenny. Then Lauren comes out. And so Sax and Jenny go back and forth. And Sax was like, this whole relationship is over. You're lying. Now Lauren is actually alive. And it was a mess, especially when now that Sax knows that Lauren is actually alive and knowing that Jenny has been lying. And she, you know, I don't know how this is going to work out because Jenny eventually went. I don't know how she got out because they didn't show it. She ends up going to Stansfield. How did she get that? I don't know. And she meets up, she texts Tariq and she meets up with Tariq. Tariq is like, what? And, you know, and she's, you know, letting him, alerting him that for one, he's being investigated. They got a Rico against him. And two, that um, Brayden, you know, try to pay her off or try to get it. You know, she mentions how Brayden was, drove her very far away and told her to move, to leave and this and that. And, you know, and Effie was the one that grabbed her and took her and, and, and pushed her car into a river. So now, basically, Tariq knows the situation with uh, Brayden and Effie. So he's pissed. But he got to go back to his dorm room and act like he don't know what's going on. And I don't know how he's going to play this off with Effie because they work together. And now he's got to figure out a way to, I, I don't know how to work. Because it's, it's a very, very delicate situation because Effie is part of the business deal. So he can't just drop her. I don't know how that's going to end up working. But now that he knows that Lauren is alive, and now that Sax knows that Lauren's alive, and Sax is angry at Jenny, 
because Sachs had stolen, uh, taken out this, uh, found out about this file that Whitman, uh, Whitman's file that was in uh, Davis's desk, and he was going to present that to Jenny, but now he's not going to present anything. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. I don't know how this is going to end up because, oh, well, of course, you know, um, Monet arranged for Gordo to kill Lorenzo. Uh, Lorenzo, before he died, though, he did, you know, he he did come clean about what happened, but then he made the mistake and turned around and go and add her, add Monet to the equation saying it's your fault as well as my fault. Dude, that was not the move to make. That just, she told me to get out. And I think Lorenzo was under the impression like, okay, she's angry. I'll give her a few days, maybe a couple of weeks, and I'll just go ahead, go get something to drink. And I'll come back to the house when I think she's over it. But uh, Gordo ends up slicing his throat. So I don't know how Monet is going to explain this, but I'll say this. It, Monet has a big target on her back. She don't realize it because I think Kane is going to suspect that Lorenzo's death is at the hands of Monet. And Lord knows when Diana figures out that Monet was the one that arranged for Lorenzo's death, she's going to be a problem. I don't. Th I think at the end of this season, Monet is going to end up in prison. I don't think she's going to get killed, but I do believe she's going to end up in prison. That's all I got. Talk to you guys later. Peace.